We're rolling. Yay! Every, uh, on everything. <coughs> <laughs> Hold for cough. <laughs> and now we're back. <laughs> we better not emerge from this retreat with COVID. The f- <laughs> we just all have COVID. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh. Everyone's very healthy. This is the Probably. picture of health. I have the picture of health. <laughs> Obviously, I'm wearing. So many things on my head. Okay. Picture of health. <laughs> picture of health. Picture of health. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. I'm thriving. If this is what thriving looks like, I don't know what's going on. You make a good argument. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Welcome to Five Pairings. I'm Grace. I'm Claire. And we have a treat today for mostly me. I'd say like 98% me, 1% Claire, 1% Josie. And I'm excited. <laughs> I'm 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 excited to see you be so excited. Uh, if this one doesn't go on video, it's really a waste. I am full decked out. <laughs> Claire, would you describe for the listener what I'm wearing? Um, yes, for our <laughs> for the uh, non-patrons or yeah, for the non don't want to go to the video. Yeah. So um, in this auditory medium, so mm-hmm. Grace mm-hmm. Grace is sitting cross-legged in mm-hmm. a chair. She is wearing a uh, blousey top with lace sleeves, and uh, it is it's pleated around the neck. Um, as we go up her up up to her face, um, her hair is mostly down, but uh, it's a half up. Yes. And I have saved the most obvious thing for last. <laughs> in that, <laughs> she is wearing a a very a very fluffy pink maybe the flower crown. Biggest flower crown you've ever seen. Yes, I I I have not seen a, a smaller a bigger flower crown. Yes, it looks to be made with I don't know chrysanthemums from michael's yeah it's beautiful it was originally for uh like a drag queen halloween costume which is why it had to be so big yeah it really works for this too it does i'm really getting my money's worth from everything i'm wearing today it's beautiful (laughs) but none of this for this episode this is just graces every day Uh, yeah so we are we are doing midsummer which i've i wanted to double check because this is fun either way but you have not seen midsummer i have not which is truly so funny because i have to explain I have to really gloss over Midsommar without getting into the, any, any of the fun details that I would love to talk to you about. <laughs> and we're getting we're getting more into like the themes and less yeah. about the like actual events of yeah. the movie. Yeah. So that's going to be fun for me. Just a really broad general uh, trigger warning up top for the content of this movie for those who have not seen. I'm, I'm going to describe the plot uh, and the fanfic is like very heavily based on canon. It's like a post canon sort of event so a lot of a lot of death talk of all yeah. kinds all kinds Any, name a kind of death it's probably in this movie <laughs> including name a kind of death name a kind of death <laughs> it's probably in this movie <laughs> region side i don't know what that means killing a king or queen a, kind of oh, okay um, <laughs> that includes suicide and also uh like mental health stuff so just like brad warning for that we will be talking about it um because it is relevant and okay. canon man how do i start <laughs> how do i start with, okay you gave you did give me two options. Unfortunately, The Shining um, was not s- terribly fruitful. I did learn that there's a sequel to The Shining that came out very recently called Doctor Sleep. Okay. The reason I did want to look into The Shining though, I was like, okay, if we're thinking about just like the conversation of movies and how they are made into fan fiction, I think it is interesting to say the situation of a horror movie is more important than the characters of a horror movie mm-hmm. in many ways like scream that's the the plot is the point of the movie the characters yeah. are fine but they're not why you're there and i was like the shining is also kind of about what happens 
less than about the characters. Like, maybe I can do that. And I didn't find, like, a whole lot. I found, like, a... It's basically people going to the hotel and, like, stuff happens. And, like, a lot of them were really long. And I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's not enough. I was not expecting to find a lot in Midsommar. But there was. There was, a, mm. it, there was enough. And enough of it was, like, short that I was like, okay, at least I'm, like, getting things. There was a really, really weird one. Again, you're not going to get the context of this because you haven't seen the movie. No. But it was basically, like, an adaptation of the events of Midsommar, but they were employees at a Lush store. And I was like, this is fucking funny. Okay. Okay, what do you know about the plot? <laughs> it's probably where I'll start. Okay. Because we really got to get into the plot to get into our drink. Okay. <laughs> so slow pan in on the drinks from mid-camera. <laughs> okay. Here are my assumptions about Midsummer okay. from what I have gleaned from the internet. Okay. Like a handful of college students stumble upon, I'll say, like a cult um, and so they were like out for a hike or were told to go to this area or I don't know. They that's stumble so upon. They, let me finish. It's so funny how little you know about this. Like, that's just what's funny. It's like, I don't, ex- I never expect people to know nothing about things that I know about. So stumble upon a cult and <laughs> it is the, uh, like Scandinavian midsummer, mid, uh, midsummer, whatever. Midsummer, midsummer. Samar, it both yeah. are correct. It's fine. Midsummer. Uh, celebration and so it's like there's a bunch of like celebratory stuff that happens and then I think they get ritually sacrificed and then I think Florence Pugh is like the queen at the end. Okay that that is uh so close in so many ways. <laughs> uh, have you seen Hereditary? Yes. Okay so you know Ari Aster's like vibe. Kind yeah, of. Sure. I would say the vibes are very similar. Yeah. In like, he builds tension really well. He's, he puts a lot of themes into stuff. Like, he, there's a lot of like, he's, he's a really good visual storyteller. Yeah. And that's what makes this kind of hard to explain as <laughs> like a concept to you. Um, the opening of the movie is with Danny, our protagonist, who is Florence Pugh with her face. Um, her face is very prominent in this movie and mm-hmm. the way it looks when she's sad. Okay. It's kind of her vibe. She has a, a sister who is like bipolar. She has a boyfriend named Christian who they have a really like work clearly in a weird spot. We're kind of awkward talking to each other. We've been together for a long time. We're kind of just together because we're together at this point. Yeah. So Danny is dealing with her sister who sent her kind of a cryptic email and she's like, I think my sister is like in trouble. She calls her friend. She calls her boyfriend. Her boyfriend's like, she always says this, like, don't even worry about it. It's probably fine. And then uh, he's talking to his shitty friends about how they're going to go to Sweden. One of their friends is from there. They're all in grad school. So like they're like adult adults. And one is going to do his thesis on like this group of people that this guy Pele is from. So he's like, there's a really important reason that we're going. And Christian is like, I want to go and I'm going to break up with Danny. And then Danny calls full manic screaming sobbing. Her whole family is dead. <gasps> what? Yeah. Her sister killed herself and both of their parents in like a... Murder-suicide. In like a like a car gas leak through the whole house. Oh. It's very dramatic. So Christian doesn't break up with her. Can't. Uh, can't can't, right can't after do that. that. Yeah. She decides to go too, to this um, to Sweden. She's having a tough mental health time pretty much the entire time. And then, yes, uh, they come across this culture. Culture. <laughs> culture of people. And they're like... Uh, okay they're very together like yes. they're, they do everything together everyone has their place the whole movie is in direct sunlight there is very little darkness like oh. it is so bright and seen yes. and it's like north enough that like there's like maybe like 
an sure. hour of sunlight or something. Like at some point, one of the ki- they're all like tripping on mushrooms and stuff. And one of the character goes, "What time is it?" And another one goes, "It's nine p.m." And he goes, "That's not right. That's wrong." <laughs> like he's just too high to like function. Yeah, he's yeah. not one of those twenty-four. He's the guy with the eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the dick with the eyebrows. Nice. Um, slowly weird things. Well, okay, a very dramatic thing happens after very early a family is a whole family is dead. <laughs> Yes. Um, so that all happens. That's very important because you see Danny alone, basically, because her boyfriend fucking sucks and none of these people are really her friends and she doesn't have any family left. One of the first things that they see of this festival is that Pele explains that there are life cycles in this. And there's like, I can't remember how to do math. <laughs> One second. There's like, uh, like, 18 year cycles. So it's like from one to 18, you're a kid. And then 18 to 36, you're a young adult. And then 36 to whatever you're an adult and then you're an elder and someone's like, well, what happens at 72? And he just kind of smiles and turns out you die. Ritual sack. You jump off a cliff <gasps> onto a boulder <laughs> to ritually kill yourself. Okay. okay. So, like okay. I said, all kinds of death. <laughs> okay. As we go on, specifically Danny, she, she like keeps like participating in things and I think that's like seen by the people and they're like, we will let you be part of us essentially like we're gonna keep like letting you be a part of everything and so there's this like maple maple dance she wins the maple dance so she gets crowned the may queen and then (laughs) god josie i'm explaining the entire plot of midsummer (laughs) i've been interrupted how now we're gonna have to start over now i gotta start from the top no i sneezed interest that was an interested sneeze so they have to, it turns out this cult has to make a certain number of sacrifices at this festival and they're on the last one. So it's like before they're going to like finish this festival and the May Queen chooses the last sacrifice essentially. And she can either pick her shitty boyfriend, Christian, who has been shittier and shittier and we're going to get into why and how later. Or she can pick one of the like cult members who's like, I'm the one. I, I drew the lottery. It could be me. And so she picks her shit boyfriend. <laughs> and then it's implied at the end that she is happy and lives the rest of her life as part of this cult. Okay. And has a family. And it's okay. kind of a happy ending. Oh. It's real weird. Okay. <laughs> so. I am intrigued. Yeah. So what a lot of people wanted to explore was like, okay, well, now that she's here, like, what does her life look like either with this group of people or like trying to go back to America and like not get caught for all these murders basically. And yeah. I was like, this one was the the former where she, it's just her like learning how to be part of this culture, which I was like, oh, that's like really sweet. So this is kind of weirdly sweet and sad. Okay. <laughs> but before we get into that, our drinks. Yeah. Can you explain to me why there are two different drinks? Before I explain to you why there are two different drinks, I would like you to pick one. Hmm. This feels... This feels like a lot. I'm drawn to the pink one. I'm gonna I'm gonna describe to the listener. I, tr- I would have loved for these to be in the same glass. There's a lot of like ritual, um, everybody eating together and drinking together sort of things. And so, <laughs> one of one of the things that happens. You said you picked the pink one. Mm-hmm. Oh no, am I dead? No, but now you're in love. <laughs> it's a love potion. <laughs> so this is a this is a <laughs> midsummer love. Throw it back to Greece. So, okay, so the B plot of this movie happens to the ex boyfriend. And more or less, the movie keeps like punishing him for being kind of shitty 
throughout. And so when he first arrives, one of the, one of the other, they keep talking about like how they're going to like have sex with all these Swedish girls and like blah, 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 blah. He gets um, like the eyes from one of the cult members who's named Maya. She's pretty young. And in like a, in like a well-timed but not lingered upon tapestry, we see pictures that depict how to put someone under a love spell, basically. You put a lover in under their bed, you put your pubic hair in their food, and Yuck. you put your period blood in their drink. No. And then we move forward. And then about 30 minutes later, we see a line of people sitting and drinking, and everyone's drink is the same color, except Christian's, is slightly tinted pink. Yuck. It is <laughs> never referenced. But it is seen. <laughs> so yes, uh, this is a, uh, a Midsummer Love. And they are the same, except there is a little bit of grenadine in yours <laughs> to make it pink. I was like, I was like, I'm scared. Yeah. Why, why, why is mine pink? Yeah, it's just mostly for the, the visual gag. So it is uh, Aquavit, which is a Swedish, kind of like a gin, but mm -hmm. with with fennel. So it's kind of, it's oh, got a very yeah. different taste to it. Got a more um, licorice. Yeah, it's got taste. kind of a licorice-y taste. Um, and elderflower liqueur and um, a little bit of lemon juice and lemonade to like kind of just <laughs> throw it all together. Just brighten it up. Yeah, just make it nice and savory. I try to make yeah. it look like the one in the movie. It's not quite right, but I think it's a nice summer drink. Yeah, it smells, it smells very elderflowery. I like very that. Very herbal. Mm. Mm. What is that flavor? Um, is that aquavit? Is, is aquavit? I was gonna yeah. say the fennel. Maybe, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, yeah. yeah. Oh, with the aftertaste, it, like really. Yeah, it's good. I just yeah. like I I like fennel and I like licorice. I just like at first was like, I was like expecting. To, yeah, it doesn't it, have that like syrupy like sweetness because there's yeah. a, there's like not a, there's not a sweetener in this except for the elderflower. Like no, because the so elderflower it's, it's that it smells very floral and herbally, mm -hmm. and so then I was like expecting a more herbal flavor, but then it's like that fennel, and it is mm. good. I, yeah, but yeah, it's just, supposed to be a little bit more um refreshing, but not yeah, but not sweet, which is not a combination I usually do. So it's a little different for no, me, but I, do I like, like it. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, aquavit is is weird. Uh, we've only had it once, <laughs> I think. Okay, so. Now that we know, <laughs> now that we know most of the shenanigans that have ensued, we get to our, our actual fic, which is called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Today by an author called Debit, like debit card. <laughs> A dig. Yeah. So I do have permission to read this fic, which was very nice because I, I was really curious about like the, the fandom behind Midsummer because I think it's a lot of like just noticing things and theories and I was not sure if that would translate to fan fiction. Um, and so I was like, hey, like. Just, like, kind of tell me, like, how'd you get here? <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Um, she has been writing and reading fic since the mid-90s. So was more involved in writing, um, more just involved in fandom in general earlier in mm -hmm. her life. And now is not as involved, but is doing a lot of, like, festivals and exchanges mostly. Oh, fun. So that's how this came to be, is this was a fic exchange. Oh, yeah. Fun. So it was a gift for, uh, like, a Yuletide where... Basically, like, what is Danny's life like? Danny's the main character um, after the movie. Like, yeah. that's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the fic. <laughs> Be like, what happens next? Oh, so then this is what was interesting, which is um, I, I haven't done a fic exchange, so I don't know what the rules are, but it sounds like it, there's like, here's my prompt and here's what I, like my ics or things yeah. I don't want. Yeah. And there was something in this that was a don't want. I don't know what it was. Um, and I, especially considering like the canon, I think this fic is pretty tame. Um, so she ended up writing something different for that exchange and just posted this one. All right. So it's one of the few she's posted that is not for a big exchange. All right. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. So this is 
post canon, it is uh, a ship between Danny and Pele. So, or Pele was the boy who is from the cult originally, goes to America, more or less gathers these victims and brings them back. <laughs> nice. And he, um, it's really soft, but he's kind of like a just like a nice person throughout. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like sexual or romantic. It's just like a counter to her shitty boyfriend. Like he yeah. remembers it's her birthday and like drew her a picture of herself to be like, hey, like I remembered it's your birthday. I thought you might want this. And like just like nice. really sweet. Yeah. Um, so he like very softly like gets her at the end. Yeah. But it's not super, it's not really like the point. So it's not yeah, really like yeah, explored. Yeah. So that is a, another interesting element to this. Okay. Tomorrow and tomorrow and today. When she wakes, it is tomorrow. Danny has only had a vague memory of going to bed after changing into a simple shift that she now wears. The robe of flowers is nowhere to be seen, but the crown is still on the table beside her bed. So alongside her giant flower crown, she when she when she becomes like the May Queen, she gets like a hill of flowers to put on. So she's just like this moving like monster of flowers at the end. It's really good. It's going to be so weird. <laughs> you just got to watch it. You got to watch it. We watch it. Well, we can watch it. <laughs> we'll watch the, that and the parent trap to like balance ourselves out. Even out. The dormitory is empty, save for her and her crown. Yesterday, she felt it breathing as she did, beating with her heart, a part of her. Today, it is silent, separate, fading flowers and nothing more. Yet she still rolls over, stretches her arm out and caresses a petal and feels it kiss her fingertip. Before, she would have worried, possibly panicked, at being alone. But today, she feels calm. Numb. A tiny inner voice whispers in suggestion, but Danny ignores it and slips from the bed. Barefoot, she crosses the floor and out the door into the sun. The women walk in a loosely formed group towards the, crook, er, towards the cookhouse. And as they pass, she asks, can I help? But as one, they shake their heads and smile. Not today, an elder says. Today is for... And here she pauses as if searching for the right word, then settles on reflection. Go. Explore. Discover. Food will be here when you return. Hannah breaks from the group and gives Danny a hug and murmurs. And coffee. Then lets her go with an affectionate squeeze. Danny stands for a moment, considering. Behind her, there's the cheerful chatter of a long, familiar morning routine. And even though she cannot understand the words, the meaning behind them is clear. Please hand me those eggs. Is there enough milk? Oh dear. Where's the pan I need? So one of the other pieces of this is she obviously doesn't speak Swedish, but like oh, yep. somehow through like drugs uh, can understand everybody. Perfect. And they can understand her. <laughs> so yeah. it's like a weird like metaphor or maybe literal. No one knows. <laughs> so it's like, I love the idea of just being like, well, now I'm alone in this place where I don't speak the language also. And that's, that could be real scary. <laughs> yep. That's spooky. That that's spooky, spooky in a real way. Yeah. <laughs> Ahead of her is the rest of her life. Her feet take her to the remains of the Yellow Temple. So the Yellow Temple is where they put all the victims at the end and burn it. Okay. So now it's just, now it's burned to the ground. Everyone's, there's no more bodies. Perfect. (laughs) The smell of smoke and ashes mingle with the scent of the rapeseed fields just beyond. And it's both sweet and musky and a bitter undertone. It lingers at the back of her throat. And for a moment, she feels it as an almost physical presence, a lump she cannot swallow. But when she intakes another sharp breath, there's also honeysuckle and wild rose sweet hay, and sharp pine. She swallows, breathes, and looks at the ashes and waits to see how she feels about it. There are clumps that could be either bone or wood. Some still smolder, and she decides they're wood. Part of her knows she should feel something more than quiet acceptance. That a normal, 
Proportional response could include emotions like grief or guilt or regret or sorrow. Perhaps I am numb, she thinks. But when her next thought is to wonder if this is how Terry felt, the resultant wave of horror and nausea dispel that. She takes a few moments, but she breathes until she's calm again. I believe Terry is her sister. I was going to say, I was, yeah, I was guessing that in my head. Yeah. She breathes until she's calm again. A gentle breeze combs through the ashes, takes the smoke with it, and leaves her nothing but the trees and flowers. She follows the breeze down the path to the quarry and pauses where it begins to wind around the hill. Something urges her to go up. The stones under her bare feet are worn and smooth, and she wonders how many have gone up this path but never down again. The fo- so the, the path up to this cliff that the 72-year-olds, yes, <laughs> just, just make sure. Just yeah, but sure I'll piece that together. Yeah, make sure we know where we are. I was like, these some dark thoughts. <laughs> the forest of the ruin tablets at the top seems to indicate an almost staggering number. She stands unaware of the passage of time until she hears footsteps behind her. And then Paley's voice. I thought I'd find you here. Without turning, she says. You have good intuition. So do you. She traces a finger over a tablet. There are brown flecks that crumble under her fingertips, and she pulls her hand away. What do the ruins mean? He pauses before answering and then says, An ending, but also renewal. Rebirth. And you believe in that? Reincarnation? Not in the, I was Napoleon in a past life sense, but yes. He steps forward until he's at her shoulder, and she can see his hand reach out and trace the ruin as she had. We are all made of energy, neither created or destroyed, only changed. Danny slants a glance up at him. That's lovely. Is it from the Book of Runes? He smiles down at her. It's Einstein. <laughs> but the Harga believe it as well. She touches the tablet once more, then moves towards the cliff and on to where it juts out, her feet slowing as she approaches the edge. Pele stops a few feet behind her, and waits as she looks down. The slab below appears small, but she can imagine it filling her vision until just before contact. 72 is a long time away, he finally says. It is, she agrees. Until the day you wake up and it isn't. (laughs) As she gazes down, she finds the spot where she and Christian had watched, and for a moment feels a dizzying sense of splitting, as if she is in both places and both times, meeting her own gaze. She stumbles, and Pele catches her arm, Pulls her back from the edge. She blinks, and the feeling fades. So, <laughs> how are we doing emotionally? <laughs> First of all, you're right. Step one is naming the emotion. I, I'm, I feel it's like you haven't spoken in a while. I feel like maybe we should check in. I feel shocked, horrified, but like not horrified. It's it's like a weird resignation to the horrors of the world (laughs) right it's like oh and that's why i really liked this because i was like one i think it's i think it is really interesting as a concept for a horror movie to just have two ends of a spectrum and be like let's morally think about is one better because like one of the big questions that is like overriding this whole thing is like well okay danny's sister chose to die and took other people with her because she was so sad and terrible, like having a terrible time in the world. And these other two people also chose to die in like moments of joy and tradition and togetherness. And like, are those the same or no? I was having I was right, having right, those yes, thoughts yes, 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 yes. as I was like sitting here. So I was like, let's all have a moral quandary about death. Everyone sit for 10 seconds and think about your own mortality. <laughs> so I was, yeah, I was sitting here and I was like, and I was like, well, 72. I had, I had the same thoughts that Danny was having. Yeah, 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 right? I was like. It's a long way off, but yeah. then it's not. Uh, and then I was sort mm-hmm. of like, how do you feel when you wake up 
your 72nd birthday yeah. and you're like, well, on the one hand, none you, of us know how long we have. And so right. it's like weird. It's like weirdly set. Like, if, especially if you, and Danny's still pretty young, but like if you grew up with that mentality, yeah. you're just like chill. Hopefully, probably. Right? Like, it's probably really sad when someone dies before then because like they weren't supposed to. Yeah. But like, because like 72 is also not that old to me. Like, yeah. I have a lot of relatives that have lived into like 80s and 90s. So yeah. like, that's like a whole other cycle in theory. Yeah, mine like, too. <laughs> and so I was sitting here being like, one more cycle would be 90. And, and so I would live sort of, that long. <laughs> yeah. And so I was sort of like, why can't it be 90? But then I guess if the premise is like, as I think about my 90 year old grandfather. Four, four seasons. So like yeah. the four seasons of the year. Yeah. And, and so like, you'd have to really yeah. justify. Yeah. And you're, the premise is that you're avoiding all of the really sucky parts Ooh. of like the end of life well, but also okay so one two thoughts i'm like see like this way i like this i'm like i'm thinking so much right now <laughs> my thoughts are just going my thoughts are just going if they were like wow like people live longer we could add another cycle it seems like they're maybe open to like something but also how would they justify that first of all oh, what was my other thought <laughs> like whole other tra- i had two trains going at once i couldn't ride both of them the trains are going so fast trains are going in different directions um oh so okay because like the whole the other theme of this is like isolation versus togetherness and i was like oh but it would also be unfair to put another cycle in when not everybody gets that far like everybody who is healthy gets to 72 i would say like that's pretty fair to say so is this like a togetherness thing like we all live together we all die together yeah <laughs> it's like guy. yeah i've i've been sitting here being like balancing the uh age is a age is a gift that not everyone gets to experience yeah. and this is like a interesting world where it's like well what if we all ag- agree? agree so it's like yeah if you like died before then then it's like then it then it's like really sad because yeah. you like couldn't be a part of that but, but, and also, but like, also also they're sacrificing people like and it's not part of the cult so maybe that's how they justify it but like they also kill a bunch of people when they're in their 20s so right, who yeah. knows all right anyway so we're contemplating death uh <laughs> where were we okay as if by unspoken agreement they turn together and walk back down the path to stand at the head of the slab danny touches the spot where the old woman's head hit the stone is warm from the sun and bone dry Grit gathers on her fingertips as she rubs them together. It hurts, she says. Not a question, but Pele nods. It does, but what's the number of moments of pain at the end of a good life? Painful, Danny says, remembering the old man's scream. Pele, yeah. <laughs> like when he hit or when he was falling. Well, okay, so here's what I have it. So, so that I, I believe everyone dies at 72 this way, but there's like a man and a woman that are like the, the heads of the, of the group that do this on Midsummer. I think it's what sure. it is. Um, so the woman jumped first and she Chris Blatt's because um, she goes head first. And the man jumps off feet first. And so he does not die right away. He uh, has really fucked up legs and lays there screaming. And then everyone screams with him because they do everything together. So they're feeling his pain while he's feeling his pain. And then someone comes up and smashes his head with a hammer <laughs> to like put out of his misery. <laughs> so like, yes, he broke all of his legs. <laughs> it hurt a lot. I gave a trigger warning. I gave all the trigger warnings. I said everything was in this. I don't, I can't, I couldn't have warned you a lot better. It was just, this is a humor podcast. And so it was just like weird <laughs> to <laughs> grapple with mortality and um, the uh, slow demise of a man horrifically. Yeah. Um, so I just, I needed to take a moment to process that. And that's, that, that's fine. Whatever. 
Anyway. <laughs> I'm glad they put him out of his misery. Danny's also processing this. Uh, I am with Danny. Yeah, and yeah. that this is, yeah. yeah. I, bu- I both, it both was take, explained to me and. You can logic it out in a lot, but you still got to process until you feel like it makes sense in your soul. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I would take like so many mushrooms before I jumped. Honestly, I would Maybe try that's what like he did. Maybe he forgot first. he had to go a certain way. And he just was on, because like they do. So like, back to these drinks, like a lot of drinks are like kind of either definitely uh, hallucinogenic and some of them are like implied. So like maybe they could have had a weird death drink that maybe would soften everything. I don't know. That would make sense. Yeah. I'm like, come on, like give me some. Yeah. Just shoot me up with like way too much heroin first and then push me off. I'll jump. I, I don't know. You gotta jump though. I think you gotta jump. <sighs> yeah, that does feel like yeah. it's some part of it. But Otherwise it kind of takes away the whole fucking point of <laughs> you doing this thing mm, on purpose. I, I hear you, but. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But, yet also. <laughs> but maybe. Yeah. Where were we? It's painful, Danny says, remembering the old man's screams. Family nods, but then says, it doesn't always end this way. There are those who take ill or die of natural causes, but yes, some of us are destined for this. Destined. You believe in fate? He tilts his head, half closes his eyes, reflective, and says, I believe in choices, that our choices make our reality and that we can determine our fate. You talk about choice, but here everything's already been decided. He shakes his head and the sunlight dances in the curls of his hair. I made the choice to return home. Not all do. So I could leave if I wanted to. If you did, what would you go back to? Mm, rude. She gestures to the slab and says, a life without an expiration date. Mm, but you don't get that. He lets out a laugh. Danny, we all have an expiration date. Most of us just don't know when it is. Then a smile dies and he shrugs. Maybe there's a reality where you decided not to join us. One where you're waiting for Christian to come back. He probably always thought I was going to die, though. Yeah, he was at the very least going to leave her. <laughs> Like at the very at the very least, your family's alive, your sister's still depressed, and you don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> like, not a lot. Not a lot was going for you. And, at and that yeah, he was gonna break up with you, and then he might still run into this cult. And then yeah, die. he probably would still run into this cult. Curious how that would have turned out, though, because like, who would have been the May Queen? Nobody. Somebody from the Hargo, probably. Yeah. For a moment, she sees it: a dark apartment full of dead plants and dusty books, and a phone that never rings. The wind carries an indistinct call from the village, followed by the peal of a bell. He offers her his hand and says, Breakfast is ready. Will you come? After a moment, she takes it, and they walk back together. Now I'm going to lay on the slab for a while and contemplate my mortality a little bit longer. For like a little bit. (laughs) I can't eat eggs right now. (laughs) I'm having a lot of thoughts. Yeah, I don't. Like a big Hmm. Swedish breakfast right after that conversation. Eh, Maybe not. We have sausage and eggs. They'd be like, um. What kind of sausage? Blood sausage. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's British. Just kidding. It is. After a moment, she takes his hand and they walk back together. His hand is warm in hers and somewhere along the way, their fingers entwine. Break. Danny waits for a time for the crunch of car tires on gravel and officials with notepads who will ask her about all the people who came to this village and never left but no one comes. Not for the ones who were offered, and not for her. She thinks this should hurt, but there's no room in her now for hurt or sorrow. Her new life is too full of wonders to discover and new family to cherish. Each day, her feet carry her forward, and every step feels like a dance, and the memories of her yesterdays scatter behind her like the pages torn from a book. Sometimes, she tells Pele, it feels like I've always been here, like everything that happened to me before was just a dream. He pauses mid-sketch, then moves his pencil to shade the curve of her mouth before saying, 
because you're finally home. I felt the same way while I was away, lost and drifting, wanting nothing more than to wake up here in the sunshine and warmth. She laughs and looks up at the leaves just beginning to change color and says, what about when it's dark and cold? He smiles back at her and says, we stock up on light bulbs and make sure the furnace works. But when summer ends, Danny finds there's beauty even in the dark of winter. The blazing candles of the winter solstice, the cold brilliance of a starlight snow. And it's not the furnace alone that keeps her warm. While the days are short, there's still work to be done. And Danny gravitates towards the schoolroom more often than not. She discovers a talent for teaching and a special knack for helping the older children prepare for their pilgrimage. They leave excited and sometimes a little afraid, but they all return. As the years pass, there are children. Some from her, but all of them are hers. She nurses when she has milk, changes diapers, wipes faces, kisses scrapes, dries tears, raises them as best she can with her sisters and brothers. And Pele, there is always Pele by her side. When they leave the main house, they build a cottage nestled close to the trees, and Pele paints the story of their lives on the walls. The seasons change, slowly at first, then so fast that sometimes it seems that she goes to sleep in January and wakes up in April. When it is the end of Siv's winter, she places the red cap on Danny's head and asks her, in front of the entire village, How will you keep the old ways? Danny answers, I will keep them as they have kept me. And Siv, in gold and blue, meets the stone with a smile. Okay. That's just <laughs> happening. That's fine. Yep. So we're, we're again, this person really watched this movie because I'm like, wow, we're weaving in this metaphor of like the seasons changing as her life going by, mm -hmm. which is like so good. <laughs> and she is now the, like the elder. Yep. And then there are grandchildren and the cycle repeats, but with bottles and fewer diaper changes, at least during the night. She spends less time at the schoolroom now and more in her own kitchen, especially when it's cold. Momo, young Einer asks. You're very old, aren't you? Danny's yeah, rude. <laughs> Sir, are you even my grandchild? <laughs> Do I know you? Do I, who are you? <laughs> Someone get your kid. I don't care. Everyone's your mom. Everyone's your dad. Someone get this kid. <laughs> Someone get this kid. He's being precocious. He's being precocious I'm and reminding me of the finality of life. Yes. Yes, he is. Danny smiles at him and wipes crumbs from the corner of his mouth. Not so old that I cannot see you eating cookies before dinner. He smiles back and leans into her hand, the curve of his cheek perfectly filling her palm, warm like a sun-riped peach. Then a smile fades and he says, But you are old. Yes. And you will die. Yes, my love. Someday we all die. His eyes cloud. Does it hurt? Will it hurt you? Maybe, she says. But it's only a short amount of pain at the end of a long life. Pele meets her gaze from across the room and gives her a tiny smile. He walks over, hands behind his back, and leans down to plant an affectionate kiss on the top of Einar's head. And afterward, he says, we're reborn so we can be with our family again. Isn't that nice? Einar tilts his head to one side, considers this, and then asks, why? Why do we come back? Pele gives Danny another smile and pulls a cookie from behind his back and then hands it to the child. Because the food is so good. Yes? <laughs> Einar accepts it with a grin and then dashes off with his prize. Food? Really? He runs a hand over Danny's hair. Then his fingers stop just at the nape of her neck and stroke there, gently. Even after all this time, it makes her shiver. He stoops to press a kiss to her lips and then says, I suppose there are other things, too. Break. I'm getting scared. Danny wakes up, and it is today.
Uh-oh. They've already raised the pole. Uh-oh. And decked it in flowers. No, no. She and Maya prepare the crown. Every flower picked with care. Come on, Chucks. I'm having an emotional moment. We're trying to ride a wave of emotions, and you're really making it hard. <laughs> I'm grappling with the with my own my mortality, finality. with my finality, and <sighs> then my inevitable mortality, and whether or not it is better to choose how you exit or be surprised. I no one knows. <laughs> That's why people ask this question because no one knows the answer. You can't ask someone who went one way and be like, "Would you rather have the other?" Oh well, no, exactly. <laughs> I can never ask. She strokes the flower crown. Sad that she will not see it be worn. Pele tucks a flower in her hair, blue and yellow, to match her gown. They do not speak of what's to come, but follow their normal morning routine. They make the bed, wash the coffee cups, and make sure the stove is cold. When they step out into the sun, it is midday and the village has gathered, waiting before them. They walk, hand in hand, to the head of the table, and before they sit, Pele's fingers squeeze hers. The meal passes in silence, as is tradition. And at the end, she and Pele make one last toast to one another. The Aquavit tastes of herbs and flowers and lingers on her tongue. Do you have any left? Nope, ah. I just... Oh, oh. <laughs> there was a drop there. Ah, there we go. Ugh, the, the licorice tastes like death. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Maybe that's why people find it twice. That's what death tastes like. It's licorice. Honestly, makes a lot of sense. You know what? I'm not, I'm not following you on that logic. Perfect sense. Still in silence, they make their journey to the quarry and she feels the flower tremble in time with her heartbeat. Before she stands to make the offering to her tablet, Pele gives her one last smile. I will see you again soon, he says. The cut on her hand is quick and clean, and she barely feels it when she covers her ruin with her hands. She pauses, hands flat on the cool stone, and thinks of the last time that she was here, the days and years that have brought her to now. She stands. Her feet carry to the jutting edge of the cliff, and she looks down, sees her family, her sisters and brothers, her children and grandchildren. Maya, in her new cap and apron, meets her gaze and gives her a small nod. She will be a good headwoman. Einar stands next to her, almost a young man now. He also nods, then raises a hand to her, and she is almost startled into a laugh as she realizes that he's holding a cookie. Of course he fucking stole a cookie. She inhales exhales, and the flowers breathe with her. She takes one deep breath, holds it for a moment, and then huffs it out. She lifts her face to the sun and closes her eyes and remembers the maypole, the giddy, exuberant dance. She is old now and tired, but Danny is sure she can dance one more step. No, Grace, don't do this to me! (laughs) And that's the end. No, no! (laughs) Why? Oh no, I'm a marshmallow. Why would you do this? I was crying from laughing earlier, and my tears are primed. I didn't think I was gonna cry. I didn't think you were gonna cry either. And then I was like sitting here, I'm like, your voice is getting pretty thick. And I was like, don't, don't think about it. Don't acknowledge. Don't think about it too hard. Too too hard. I'm so sorry. Uh, okay. Well. <laughs> Well, that was real. <laughs> well, that was fun. Okay. Well, um... See, I could have brought you the one where they're all in a lush. <laughs> you know what this bomb, bath bomb does? It fizzes. There's still a lot of murder in the lush place. <laughs> but okay, what I did like about this, because I feel like, like, you don't think about horror movies being, like, having a lot of depth, which, um, 
obviously this does. But also, like, at the end, you're like, I have the weird sense that this is a happy ending, despite nothing good happening to this point. And, like, this was just like, okay, yes. Other people also were like, this is... This is her happy ending. This is like, I was telling you about how I finished reading Betrayed by Emily Hem- Henry, um, which Josie had also read. And it's that, so her love interest writes a book and he normally writes like gritty, sad, grapple with life kind of Oh, and he's novels. trying to write her like a rom-com. Yes. Yeah. His book ends with the like romantic pair. They're driving away. They're escaping the cult. They're finally getting away. And... The meteor that the prophet of the cult had predicted is coming down and it causes them to swerve and hit a tree and they die instantly. I would read that book. That's fucking hilarious. And, um, and she was like, what the hell, Gus? Yeah, this feels very this isn't a happy. <laughs> she was like, what the hell, Gus? This isn't a happy ending. And they he, died together. That's so happy. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah and he I was get like, his logic. And he was like, no, they die together and they didn't see their death coming because they were looking at the meteor. And it happened instantly. And so they never knew a moment of pain or time apart or... Yeah, it's like how we end a story happily ever after. We don't get into the, like, the logistics yeah. of like their you know, day-to-day. And she was like, I see what you're saying, but no. <laughs> and that's how I feel here, where I was like, it is simultaneously a happy ending and also... It's like the ending of The Notebook, like, yeah. where I'm just like... They're both so old and in love. <laughs> and they've and died. They die holding hands. <laughs> they die holding I sobbed so hard at the end of it. Like this, yeah, this is that feeling of just like a life fully lived and like <laughs> that didn't make me cry. And it does. And it does. <laughs> and it does. It's it's a Hello. life that was that it's not promised to anyone and they had it. And they it's just it. I'm sad. <laughs> right. Uh, so, this is our weirdest episode. <laughs> right. So what am I bringing next week? <laughs> so a lot of a lot of our movies are either coming from us personally because we really enjoy them, or we're secret send-ins um, when we asked our fans. I think specifically the way it was worded was, "What's a movie that when someone says they haven't seen it, you're like, oh my god, you haven't seen what? Mm-hmm. Goonies, that's a fun one, and Sandlot. So like little kid shenanigans. No one will die. I'm pretty sure." No one dies in either of those movies. No. If they do, I forgot about it. I know they do. Blacked it out. <laughs> so I don't know which is gonna have any fan fiction, but we're gonna we're gonna change up the atmosphere. <laughs> if you wanna see this video on the Patreon, it is <laughs> patreon.com slash podcast. Five dollars a month to get our bonus content, which includes video episodes of the regular feed. And uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us, uh, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. Or reach out to us on our social media, Fine Pairings Podcast, on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and TikTok. Uh, we also are on X, Twitter, <laughs> at Fine Pairings Pod. I don't know why he had to change it to X. Maybe and we it, just uh, stop saying Twitter. Maybe yeah. we just let it die. You know, I don't... We'll still be there, yeah. but like, we won't plug it. <laughs> it's a choice. And you can also hang out with us and other fans on our Discord. All right. Hopefully next week is fun. Everyone take a nice calming breath. <laughs> and get back to your regular day we'll see you next week goodbye goodbye okay i think we're good i'm so sorry i didn't know i didn't think about it I I should I should have done. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't even know.
I picked it. <laughs>